What if I told you Marcus Freeman could land one player in the 2023 class and entirely shift and change the narrative that's plagued Notre Dame football and kept Notre Dame football from truly reaching elite status the past dozen years? This sounds overly dramatic, which is generally my natural presentation disposition, but in regards to this one unique circumstance, I think this may be our reality. Let's discuss all the details on today's Always Irish Show, okay? YouTube, thank you for being there. Hit subscribe if you haven't yet. I'd appreciate that. Give the video a thumbs up. I'd appreciate that as well. Twitter, search bar, Always Irish, or at Always Irish, Inc. Audio only, anywhere you want me, you can find me. Emails, always Irish, at gmail.com. Call in line, 312-988-15. So, barring anything else unforeseen, like the NFL still coming after Tommy, seems like the first Marcus Freeman staff has been officially announced and named. The first and most noticeable difference that I've noticed and every other media outlet has noticed and spoke about and wrote about regarding this new staff's philosophical approach to the football program is recruiting. Recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. This has been mentioned and prioritized more by Marcus Freeman already than I ever heard Brian Kelly publicly talk about it in 11 years. 11 years. The philosophical shift of this program's engine geared more towards finding high-end talent is music to my ears. If I was asked, John, what's the number one reason Notre Dame's not been able to go from really, really good into elite in the Brian Kelly era, what would it be? My answer would be lack of elite recruiting at key positions that you need elite guys or you're not going to win playoff games. So here's an important distinction I got to make, though, because I know how this goes, especially with me. I'm not saying... Notre Dame has been bad in recruiting or not good at recruiting. I am not saying that. I am not saying they haven't had top 10 classes and that's good. There's 130 teams. We're near the top 10 and all that. I'm not saying Notre Dame's recruiting efforts have been poor or bad. I'm not. They've been really, really good. But the problem is, they haven't been really, really good at the most important positions that win playoff games. So you end up in a frustrating dynamic when you have a lot of position groups on the field that can compete, but the ones that can't, they get exposed as weaknesses. That's why we haven't been able to compete in playoff games when we made it. So I'm not saying in any way Notre Dame's recent recruiting efforts have been bad. They haven't. But they have not been able to get enough talent in our weak areas to compete. Quarterback, wide receiver, both come to mind. You need elite play there to win playoff games. You just do, especially if you're at Notre Dame. Some people are going to tell me, John, this quarterback that just won a title from Georgia, he isn't the most elite guy. 
We'll make that caveat. We'll make that deal. If you are going to have top three overall recruiting classes for three, four, five years leading up to your title year, like Georgia did, you could get away with that. But the only way you could get away without having that elite guy and still win a title is elite everywhere else. Not really good elite. So if Notre Dame's going to be in the ballgame to have top three or four classes for multiple years in a row, you could get away without that elite quarterback. I don't see that as a realistic path for Notre Dame. I just don't think they're going to be able to get that much high-end talent that can also read and write enough to get into Notre Dame to be in that Georgia position. So to me, logically, the easiest path is you either find, recruit, or develop an elite quarterback and you need elite wide receivers, or Notre Dame's not winning playoff games. I don't care what else is on the field. I don't care how good our other position groups are. We've already seen the proof. That's the thing. This is not something that I'm interested in debating or, or hearing another side to the story. There isn't one. Have you been watching the games? We get into the playoff and can't compete. And it's largely been due to the offensive side of the ball. Okay? So, no, the recruiting hasn't been bad. It's been really darn good, but not good enough in the areas it takes to win championships and playoff games. That's where we need to go. That's where we need to go. So, let's look. With that backstory and having that knowledge, let's look at where we're at right now, okay? The 2023 cycle, Notre Dame currently sits at number one. Now, everybody knows it's super early, and every year Notre Dame ends up high. Then the actual signing day happens with the half flippers, and then you log in and Notre Dame drops. I'm so sick of that. I'm so sick of being kind of content with where we're at, but then the half flippers go, all that top-end talent, it shifts everything. Notre Dame's 12, 13, 14, 15, 17 again. And that's very frustrating, but we're not in the mix for the half flippers, so it's, it is what it is. So the 23 class sits at number one presently. Beautiful. Fantastic. Love it. You can't get any higher than number one. And I love that. We all should. But let's take a deeper look at the class. All right? Here's what I see. I see seven defensive players, a tight end, and a running back. Here's how I look at this right now. This class is already doing a great job of making the program's relative strengths stronger and deeper. That being that the defensive side of the ball, I don't think any of us could argue, has been the backbone of the program since the year 2017. To me in recruiting, it is much, much easier to ride the momentum of your strengths and continue that lineage in recruiting than it is to turn weaknesses into strengths in recruiting. That is the dynamic I see going on right now. This is Marcus Freeman and Tommy Reese's biggest immediate recruiting challenge. Quarterback and wide receiver recruiting needs to pick up majorly to get Notre Dame where they want to go. No one can deny that. The facts 
and our results prove this. There is no debate, and I'm not engaging with anybody who's going to challenge these ideas. The results are clear. If we want to win playoff games, need elite quarterback play, elite wide receiver play, plus all of the other things we're already doing that can compete. That's where we need to get. Here's where I think landing one guy changes everything for Freeman and does so early. The importance of landing five-star Detroit quarterback Dante Moore cannot be understated to me. Brian Kelly was 0 out of 20 at delivering elite quarterback play in his tenure, either via recruitment and or development. He had a 0% elite quarterback hit rate. Zero. None. 11 years. Zero. This is perhaps my biggest knock on Brian Kelly. The offensive expert, the creative guy, the up-tempo, score a lot of points. The Pike and Kolaros quarterback guy. Never, ever figured it out at Notre Dame. And here's the thing. He never figured it out, but a lot of it is because he refused to put the effort into that is required to figure it out. Evidence of this would be when Highly rated quarterback recruits get asked about where Notre Dame was at in their mix. And multiple guys have said, Brian, I didn't have a relationship with Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly wasn't reaching out to these guys, letting them know that they're wanted and desired and that Notre Dame wants them and is all over them and asking how their other sports are going. How's the baseball season? No, 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 no. Brian Kelly did not engage to that level. You cannot land an elite quarterback in the modern dynamic of college football without building those relationships, and Kelly wasn't interested in it. So it is not bad luck. Kelly didn't get this done. He refused to put in the effort and build the relationships it takes, and that is unforgivable. That is not bad luck. Hard to recruit at Notre Dame for everybody. No, 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 no. There were things well within his control he chose not to do that ended up leading to these results. And that's unforgivable. So see you in the swamp, okay? When I can't say that our head guy put in all the effort he could into this, then I can't have your back. I can't have your back. When I hear that you just didn't put the time in that it takes to get one of these kids. See you later. See you later. This is too important to too many people to find out the head guy wouldn't even text a hot quarterback recruit. Pisses me off. Okay. So if Marcus Freeman can do in one year what Brian Kelly couldn't do in 11, it changes the narrative instantly and completely, both philosophically, existentially, and practically. Philosophically, it gives the entire fan base confidence that this Marcus Freeman approach is the right one and, and that we could be encouraged 
we're going to see different results than what we got before. So that would be amazing. Okay, knock off that, that quarterback asterisk that Brian Kelly put on the program. Now, practically is where this gets really interesting. Think about it. There is a trickle-down effect to this. You land more, it increases the chance you're going to land Carnell Tate, who is a fantastic wide receiver. By the way, a position where we had two guys and a couple water boys playing in the bowl game. So the trickle-down effect is if you get one of these top elite quarterbacks, the wide receivers are going to want to play with them. These guys all know each other. They know who can ball and who can't. They want to play together. So you find a way to land more. It increases your chances with Braylon James, Carnell Tate, any of these other high-skill wide receiver guys. Follow me here. The defensive recruiting so far is what's gotten us to number one class for 2023. You keep that momentum rolling and at the same time start to directly and immediately address the quarterback and wide receiver needs with top guys. That's where you're striking gold. That's where you're hitting oil. Boom. That's how you build the next Notre Dame roster that's going to be capable of winning a playoff game. So this may be an unfair task to ask of Marcus this early in his tenure, putting this much pressure, this much stock in one guy. But there's no better time than now, Marcus. Like, they dive right in. There's no better time than now to start letting us see these changes. And to truly see the difference between Brian Kelly making it all about Brian Kelly versus Marcus Freeman making it all about Notre Dame. Those are two opposite philosophies how to run this program. And I personally think the approach of making it about Notre Dame before the head coach's personality would be healthy. And I'm excited to see those results. So maybe it's an unfair task putting all this pressure on Marcus to pull this off. But why not? Why not? If it's the Kelly era, I wouldn't even consider it as a possibility. Just forget it. Go down the list to number five, six quarterback you want. Okay? Things are different. I'm encouraged that this might be able to happen and be pulled off. Marcus has a huge chance to accelerate Notre Dame's timeline to elite and kill a ghost that's been haunting us since the beginning of the Brian Kelly era that never having an elite quarterback problem that drives us all nuts. So... By no means am I not happy with the number one recruiting class, but it is building strength on our already existing strengths. I'm going to feel way better about this class when I start seeing some of our clear weaknesses becoming strengths through recruiting. And that's, I think, where this is trending. So it'll just make your life a lot easier 
It's so much easier to get top wide receiver guys interested in coming here when they have an elite guy throwing them the ball. It's really simple. So do whatever you can to land that kid. It opens up the floodgates. It would accelerate Marcus's timeline to get us to truly elite contender status. And I'm here for it. So I don't want to over dramatize this one player, but I also can't ignore how much is tied and interwoven into the Dante Moore thing. I think if you get him, you're getting Carnell Tate. And that is two fantastic high-end players everybody in the country wants at two of our areas of weakness. Plus, you got all the great stuff going on on the defensive side of the ball. That's where this needs to get. Marcus and Tommy figure out a way to pull this off. Show everybody year one with Kelly neck deep in a swap that this is going to be different. Get it done and let's have some fun.